Hello and welcome to Interland. It is the podcast series under the Center for New Economic Studies, OP Jindal Global University. Interlink aims to break down barriers between various social, political, and economic issues and have nuanced discussions about the intersections between them. Under Interlink, we have initiated a new sub-series, Kitabo Ka Karma, wherein we hold intriguing conversations with authors on their recently published books offering our listeners an enriching insight into the topic. I am Ishani Sharma, a research analyst at the Center and a third-year international relations undergraduate. I'm also joined by my fellow research analyst, Jatin Tatia. For today's episode, we are conducting a book talk on the book, looking into the question of terrorism in India through the prism of international law. We are honored to have one of the book's authors with us today, Professor Tripti Bhushan. Professor Bhushan is serving as a lecturer at the Jindal Global Law School and is also a fellow at the Center for Law and Humanities. She has various publications at reputed journals like Economic and Political Weekly, International Journal of Public Policy and Law, American Journal of Political Science and Criminology, Oxford Human Rights Hub, etc. Thank you for joining us today, Professor. Thank you so much, Ishani, first of all, inviting me and giving me this chance to have a discussion on my recent book publication. So I'm very honored and privileged. Thank you, Ishani. Uh, so beginning with the book in itself, what is it that motivated you to choose terrorism as the point of focus for your book? And could you also, why is it that you inculcated the perspective of international law in it? All right. So starting from my book, basically, if I talk about the book that I wrote recently, that is looking into the question of terrorism in India through prism of international law. So actually, we try to examine a lot of issues of terrorism in India uh, from a very nascent perspective of international law. Basically, my point of thought was to focus more upon the legal framework and the mechanism for combating terrorism at a very national and international level. Also, when I was writing this book, uh, you know, we tried to put forth me and my co-author that terrorism is a very complex and I believe it's a very multifaceted problem uh, that requires a very comprehensive and a very sorted response from international perspective as well. So because we need to you know, actually analyze what are the legal instruments and frameworks that have been developed to address terrorism, including the United Nations as well. So my book will basically, you know, put forth the various challenges that India is currently facing, you know, in combating terrorism, including the problem of, you know, cross-border terrorism also. So these are the issues that I've discussed in my book. So also, you know, when I look down back while writing this book and you were asking me about my motivation for writing my book. So I would say the only thought that kept on my mind while writing this book and the topic that is terrorism. I chose this topic because, you know, the threat of terrorism in India is increasing day by day. We all know that. And, you know, we need a very comprehensive and a very nuanced understanding of the legal framework and the, the mechanism for addressing this issue. 
So I believe when we talk and discuss about terrorism through the lens of international law, or I would say broadly the very uh, zone of perspective of international law, you know, we try to provide a very clearer and a deeper understanding of the legal and the policies, you know, challenges which India is facing currently in, you know, managing or I could say combating terrorism, as well as the various solutions that we can put forth and the practices that we can also adopt to address and, and to clear this problem more, you know, effectively. And we know that international law is still a very budding stage and terrorism is a very utmost important topic to deal with. So yeah, this was my main motive behind writing on this particular topic. Also, when I look down to my book, uh, my book, you know, also focus about, you know, various finances of terrorism, the UN Security Councils, the resolution and the counterattack, and what are the challenges that India has faced in past and what are the current norms in, in relief to the threats that India is facing. So yeah, this is all about I would like to address with the first question that you put forth, Ishani. Uh, that was a very insightful take, Professor, on how uh, you know you you know see terrorism in India, and you have tried to express how India can actually battle it out. Right. Uh, and Professor, but uh, as but actually you mentioned in this your answer about the next question, Professor, what else can the readers expect from the book apart from the challenges that you just mentioned? And uh, the more important question would be, why do you think it is crucial for the readers in this generation to explore the insights given by the book? If you would like to briefly talk about that. All right, Jatin. So my book, basically, you know, that is a very interesting question, though, that what actually can the readers expect from my book? So I believe my book delves into a very complex issue, you know, of terrorism in India through the lens of international law. And my book provides a, a very in-depth analysis of various you know, legal frameworks and international conventions that have been put in place to you know, combat terrorism and try to explore how they can be applied to the Indian context as well. Also, you know, the book covers a wide range of topics when you read the book, you know, it, in regard to terrorism, including the definition of terrorism, the causes, you know, the root cause, uh, what are the role of state in combating terrorism, and the legal and moral implications also, you know, when we talk about counter-terrorism as well. So, you know, all the uh, students and the readers, you know, they can actually have a great benefit from exploring, you know, the uh, clear insights uh, with my book, you know, because in this book, I have tried to put forth in a very in-depth and clearer perspective that how to deal with terrorism also and how to look the same concept in the international perspective. So I believe uh, terrorism continues to be a very major global threat, you know, and India has been particularly, you know, very vulnerable to terrorist attack in recent years, if you all know that, you know, by understanding the legal and very ethical dimensions of this issue, readers, I believe, can gain a very better appreciation of uh, the challenge that, you know, the government face in combating terrorism at all, you know, while trying to preserve the human rights also and the rule of law. Moreover, you know, my book provides a very unique perspective, uh, I believe, on the issue of terrorism, you know, by critically examining, you know, it through the lens of international law. Because I believe this approach can actually help the students and readers, you know, 
to gain a deeper understanding of what is put forth in the book and how the global efforts have been used to combat terrorism and what are the legal frameworks that have been put place to address this issue because we all know that india has been lagging a lot and there are a lot of been issues happening these days so you know it's a very valuable resource for anyone who wants to read my book and who wants to understand what are the complexities of terrorism in india and its legal implications so my book will provide a very thorough and comprehensive analysis of the topic and it will i believe offer the insights that are relevant to the readers in the current generation and beyond thank you yes, professor sir. that was indeed a very um detailed description of what the readers can expect from the book uh moving on to talking about terrorism in india uh, in your book you discuss the history of terrorism in india and how it has evolved over time uh would you elaborate on uh, what are the factors such as how the factors such as globalization and technology they impact the nature of terrorism in india and what implications can this have for counter terrorism efforts all right yes so yes of course i have discussed about the history of terrorism in india and it has evolved over time you know it's been increasing and it's been taking a later stage also so now you know if i discuss about this zone so now what happened is that when we talk about globalization right so talking about globalization it's like you know it made it very easier for all the terrorist you know organization these days to acquire you know a lot of funding uh, weapons and you know the resources from foreign sources as well also you know they have made it very easier for you know to move across the borders and uh, try to establish networks across different regions so i believe this has led somewhere to an increase in the you know complexity and you know transactional nature of the terrorist activities in india that has been taking place throughout also you know nowadays technology so when we talk about technology you know there are a lot of been advancement has been done in media in technology so also they have provided a very new tools for all the terrorists i believe you know to communicate to coordinate and you know to carry out various attacks also so if i give you a very simple example the use of social media right so now the use of social media and encrypted messaging apps has made it very easy a way to easier for you know these terrorist organizations to actually recruit new members also you know so and spread a lot of propagandas and plan attacks in secret so this has made it more you know difficult for law enforcement agencies to track also how these activities have been taking place also i believe there are many changes you know and there are many significant implications also uh, when we talk about counter terrorism efforts in india so you know to combat terrorism you know it is very important it is very necessary to develop various strategies also you know that take into account the global and you know the technological dimension or i say perspective of this threat also you know this includes you know building a very strong international you know partnership also improving the sort of intelligence and you know investing in a very advanced form of technologies to track and what are the activities that have been going through across the border so my book has discussed all those uh, parameters also so it also you know requires sometime addressing the very nature of the factors that you know how 
terrorism and such as like even the issues of poverty inequality if i discuss then political grievances has led to the attacks so yes this is all about how this media technologies and globalization has taken place that's actually a very intriguing professor so you know when we say that since the globalized trade trade has happened the availability and accessibility to weapon and technology when yeah. it comes to terrorism has increased over uh, over or around the world right but professor like yeah, in your opinion yes. uh, when the readers will read this book what are some of the main challenges that you have highlighted that india faces in combating terrorism and how do you think when you talk about international law and how do you think international cooperation and collaboration can help address these challenges all right jatin thank you so much uh, again it's a very interesting one and it's a very th- thoughtful question i must say so yes in my book i have mentioned lot of challenges about that india is currently facing you know in combating terrorism so the, i think the first and the foremost point of thought that i put forth in my book is cross border terrorism so i think uh, when we talk about cross border terrorism india faces you know cross border terrorism a lot from its neighboring countries you know basically particularly if i talk about from pakistan so there have been you know terrorist groups such as lashkar e taliban we know that and others have been very responsible for uh many attacks in india so including you know uh, if we talk about the 2008 mumbai attack as well so the next i mentioned about domestic terrorism so i believe uh, in india also faces the threat of domestic terrorism from various groups you know including naxalites and you know chatisgarh has been very famous you know for these naxalite activities also and the religious extremist organizations as well also you know the radicalization also is one of the major challenges that india is facing but it, because it's a growing concern in india and i think the spread of you know extremist ideologies through the social media and uh, the current channels have made it very easier for all these terrorist groups to recruit young people and also then there is a lack of coordination i believe you know there is often a lack of uh, coordination between various uh, you know the enforcement agencies if you look down you know the intelligence agencies and other stakeholders in india you know which can hinder efforts to combat terrorism because uh, somewhere down the line these international cooperations and the collaboration that you mentioned that, that can actually play a very important role in addressing these challenges you know some of the ways in which i believe international cooperation can help are i think capacity building that works a lot so i think capacity building uh, through international cooperation uh, it can actually help and build the capacity of indian law enforcement agencies and the stakeholders also to combat terrorism again then if i talk about that is strengthening the border so i believe and security so international cooperation can help uh, strengthening india's border security as well so which can help prevent the cross border terrorism again then there's a major issue that is countering radicalization so when i talk about the same so i believe international cooperation can help and nurture and develop through various strategies you know to counter the same issue and prevent the spread of different ideologies so overall to answer your question i believe uh, combating terrorism is a very complex and challenging task and it requires a very coordinated and uh, comprehensive approach uh, involving various stakeholders also 
including law enforcement agencies and various intelligent agencies as well, civil societies and international partners. So we need a good, you know, combination of all. Right, Jatin? Uh, right, Professor. And building on what you just said, uh, basically implying that international law and international collaboration, they can play an important role in addressing terrorism in India. And that is one of the key arguments in your book as well. So can you discuss some specific examples of how international law has been used in the past to address terrorism in India and, uh, and how effective these measures have been? Okay. So start with this question again, like as you asked that, you know, uh, how I can discuss various examples of how international law has been used in the past. So to start with, I believe international law plays a very crucial, very important role in addressing the issues of terrorism in India, as it provides a very strong legal framework to prevent and sort terrorism. So I believe one of the most important examples, if I talk about how international law has been used to address terrorism in India is through the adoption of uh, United Nations Security Council, that is UNSC, resolutions that I've also talked about in my book. So, you know, these uh, resolutions impose somewhere the sanctions are, you know, on individuals also and entities, you know, involved in terrorist activities. And they try to prohibit the, you know, financing of terrorism also and india has actively you know been supported and participated in the drafting and adoption of unc resolutions also such as, such as if i talk about the resolution of 1373 that is 2001 and resolution is like 1267 that is 1999 so now these are the various you know adoptions that have been specifically made in combating terrorism Moreover, I believe India has signed and, you know, some, some ratified several international conventions also that are related to terrorism also. So such as if I talk about that is International Convention for the Suppression of Terrorist, you know, bombings and uh, International Convention for Suppression for, you know, financing of terrorism and the Convention for Prevention and Punishment of Crimes against internationally protected persons, including diplomatic agents. So these all... Uh, are mentioned already in my book to have a clear understanding. So, you know, India has also sought a very extradition of terrorists and, you know, their accomplices from other countries as well. So, when I talk about the extradition process in my book also and in general, it, it, it is actually governed by international facet and India has signed extradition treaties with several countries also, including the United States and the United Kingdom, also Canada. Uh, but somewhere, however, you know, when I talk about the how effective is the extradition and the process of extradition, uh, somewhere it has been limited due to legal and political hurdles also that we all are facing. So such as differences in national laws also, and, you know, human rights concerns also, and very diplomatic issues, that tension that has been created throughout. So to conclude my point of thought, uh, I would say while international law has provided a very legal framework to prevent and combat terrorism in India and its effectiveness uh, has been very limited by various challenges. So therefore, it is very important to continue to strengthen, you know, the international cooperation and coordination to combat terrorism and, you know, address the root cause of terrorism. That is the main agenda behind it. That's actually uh, very enlightening, Professor, because... What all we have read about Thank terrorism you, and uh, what all we have read about terrorism and counter-terrorism efforts in India. 
people generally talk yeah. about how you know you can do domestic efforts of how state can be used as a you know key uh, i would say mediator to you know have yes. certain domestic efforts done so that uh, terrorism can be uh, battled but again international law and international cooperation plays a huge role when we talk specifically talk about india being you know being neighbors to so many countries uh, we have yes. uh, conflicts with uh, and professor coming to a, to the next part of your book when you talk about you know the role of media in shaping public perceptions of terrorism and counter terrorism efforts can you again please discuss certain examples of how do you think media coverage when it comes to social media or visual media has impacted discussions around terrorism in india and how it has shaped public perceptions and what steps can be taken in this uh, way in this uh, actual direction towards the media coverage you know to ensure that it is accurate and responsible all right thank you jatin so much uh, yes so again media has been always in front row so i believe uh, media coverage can have a very significant impact you know on various public perceptions of terrorism and counter terrorism efforts in india so also in other parts of the world throughout so you know irresponsible you know sometimes reporting can also create fear you know the amount of panic and suspicion also which can uh, i believe further exacerbate the situation and hinder efforts to combat terrorism because people have this tendency to you know just get panic you know so the panic button just gets on automatically when these things happen throughout in india so again the example if you ask me how media coverage has impacted uh, discussions around terrorism in india so i think the, the i think the most uh, familiar is the mumbai attack so you know also the media tries to extensively somewhere covered this incident you know which helped to create public awareness also and demand for action during those times but you know there were also instances you know where reporting and you know inaccurate information that has been given and it was very biased coverage i believe which had the potential to you know inflame the tensions also between those various different communities and create a very false narrative because it happened and we know that all uh, you know uh, news reporters and the tv that tries to you know portrays and bring forth the news you know in a very exaggerated way also sometimes so to ensure that media coverage of terrorism and uh, counter terrorism effort you know is a very accurate and responsible so there are very uh, major steps i believe that one can take that and one can include is like promoting somewhere media literacy so i believe you know when you educate public when you educate youth you know the young mind so educating public and the young minds about how to critically evaluate media sources and you know differentiate from the fact and you know the fiction and try to identify the bias or the manipulation mode of happening is very crucial and secondly what we can do is that the journalists and editors you know they should try to you know adhere to you know some maintain some high ethical standards and you know check their their reporting to avoid you know spreading you know the information or i could say spreading the misinformation towards public and they should be very careful you know not to you know compromise when it comes to the national security of our country always and the investigation that is you know happening by you know publishing you know sensitive information just like that 
also if i have to bring forth it's like the government officials also you know in the law enforcement agencies they should work you know in sync with the media outlets you know they try to provide accurate and a very well to do timely information to the public you know while they also respect freedom of press and when we talk about importance of journalism so overall i believe that i put forward in the book also for the readers it's very essential you know uh, that media coverage of terrorism in india is you know very responsible accurate and it should be unbiased in order to promote a very clear or in informed discussion and effective counter terrorism efforts and this is all jatin i would i hope this is answered your question yeah professor it actually uh, gave me a very good answer and a perspective to how you know we look at media and we consume media yes uh moving on to the next uh, next question professor uh, can you elaborate on how your book emphasizes the importance of engaging with the local communities in terms of uh, counter terrorism efforts and uh why is it that there's an there's an acute importance of balancing national security interests with human all rights concerns in counter terrorism efforts all right thank you ishani so to discuss with this part when we talk about about engaging with the local communities i believe uh, counter terrorism efforts can build you know trust and they can maintain cooperation between the law enforcement and the various community members also these days because they can gain valuable insight and intelligence that can actually help further to prevent these attacks that have been happening a lot so i think this approach can also help to you know identify and give us thought as a individual as a member you know to address these you know underlying social and economic and a very political factor that that contribute to terrorism such as poverty and if i talk about discrimination and the even political marginalization also so what happened is that you know it is very important for us to maintain a balance when it comes about the national security of a country and national security interest also with human rights perspective so in counter terrorism efforts so now this is because why because some of the uh, counter terrorism measures that have been taken these days such as you know we talk about mass surveillance or the use of torture they can you know violate human rights and they can undermine these laws you know also they can try to alienate these local communities and you know increase somewhere the risk of radicalization also and recruitment to the terrorist group so therefore you know the counter terrorism efforts it is very proportionate and it is necessary and it should be consistent with the international human rights standards so i believe you know this requires a very careful consideration somewhere of the potential impact also to of counter terrorism and the various measures when we talk about human rights perspective as well on going and even monitoring the reviews and to ensure the measures that have been taken so my book is clearly talking about all these factors and also the very important thing that my book cover is like efforts to combat terrorism has been you know through the lens of international law have been very increasingly recognized and it's important you know of engaging with local communities also so because this time you know these communities are often very the first line of defense you know terrorism and can play a very critical role in you know preventing these small amount of radicalization and 
promoting peaceful alternative to the violence i hope this is yeah clear yeah, with the answer is, to you that is very clear that is actually very accurate thank you jatin uh, professor inculcating and contributing whatever you just said in our uh, insightful conversation i would just like to ask you one last question and this will be basically covering up everything concluding uh, the conversation for us and that would be professor as you mentioned the evolution of media the evolution of globalization the evolution of technology and definitely the evolution of legal frameworks in international law what do you think is the way forward for terrorism and counter terrorism efforts in india if you see like 5 to 10 years down the lane or more than that and how do you think these steps can be taken effectively when it comes to counter terrorism in india okay so i believe to answer this very i think it's, it's a very important question that put forth so in my mind i believe terrorism is a very complex issue again that requires lot of effort to you know you know curb that issue and it requires a very multi dynamic approach i believe to address the same and in india you know the government has taken various steps also to combat terrorism including you know strengthening the agencies also the intelligence also and improving the border security when it comes to the national security as well and enacting various you know anti terrorism laws also in that perspective also addition to these i believe there is a need of quick need for a very comprehensive strategy you know that focuses on addressing the root cause of terrorism because unless and until we are not sorted and clear with the root cause of terrorism such as poverty social inequality political grievances so now these approach involves somewhere promoting the economic development also and social cohesion also and political participation you know while also using the military operations i believe so you know india as a country can work on improving international cooperation and coordination to combat terrorism uh, inclusive of the sharing intelligence agencies and best practices also building on to the capacity you know like in other countries it's happening and strengthening the multilateral institutions like such as un and interpol so this would be very helpful so also when when i look down to the overall perspective and the counter terrorism part so it requires the efforts and a long term very sustained uh, commitment also with a very comprehensive strategy that address the underlying drivers of terrorism while you know also using the uh, targeted set of military and law enforcement measures uh, somehow to disrupt and dismantle terrorist attacks and networks so this is all can be done you know when i look way forward in regard to terrorism and you know how the counter terrorism efforts in india has taken place you know also uh, i would like to quote i've just mentioned uh, in in my book this one quote that is like terrorism has no religion or nationality so when i talk about the same i believe terrorism is not limited to any particular religion or nationality so this means that uh terrorist can come from any part of the world we know that and any practice any religion so it's you know not limited to any one particular group of people or religion also so i believe the comparison has been taken in my book to mention to emphasize basically that terrorism is a threat to all of the humanity you know just as pirates pose uh, you know a threat to anyone who travels by sea uh, you know regardless of their nationality or religion 
terrorist force a very threat to anyone you know who is in the vicinity of their attacks it can be among us so regardless of their identity so this statement is often used to you know sometimes condemn the use of terrorism as a means to achieve political and ideological goals also it also reinforces the idea that terrorism is crime against the humanity and should be opposed by all people uh, regardless of their religion nationality or political views yes so i hope my answer is sorted with your question ishani uh yes indeed professor and with that we come to the end of an extremely insightful and thought provoking conversation uh it was indeed very interesting to discuss in detail some aspects of terrorism in india especially through the lens of international law in terms of the effect of globalization and media and how international collaboration and um engagement with local communities can help india counter or uh, in the counter terrorism efforts I would also encourage all our listeners to get a hold of the book looking into the question of terrorism in India through the prism of international law which as was evident by this short conversation it is bound to be an engaging and deeply thoughtful read I wholeheartedly thank you professor for joining us today and I'm sure our listeners were able to take back some enriching knowledge from this conversation Thank you so much, Ashani and Jatin. It was wonderful indeed to be part of this conversation. I enjoyed as as much as you people did. Thank you so much Thank for inviting me once again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.